Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the body of Christ, for the church community that you have blessed us with, Lord, and that we can go through this world and we can go through life not alone, but in the fellowship of other believers and like-minded people who love you and want to see you glorified. And Lord, this morning, um, as we continue to meet God, that it would be your truth that would be shared, Lord, and that you would continue to lead us and guide us as a church. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Uh, Well, as Steve said, we've been on sabbatical for uh, five weeks now, and so um, it is very, very good to be with you all again, and Joe and I just want to extend just a a very deep, heartfelt thanks to to you, to the church, to the leadership team for uh, encouraging us and enabling us to to take a break and and a sabbatical this this past month. Um, I know for myself, uh, I was pretty tired uh, probably actually a lot more tired than I realized, um, and I mean, I won't get into to details, I'm free to share uh, one-on-one though, if you want to ask me later on. I would, I would describe it like this, and this is not the best analogy, but this is kind of the, the best one that I could come up with. Um, in the gym, they, he sometimes has us do this workout where it, you know, you have like routine, but then the workout starts, say, like every two minutes, Right? And so you do it the first time, and let's say you get this workout done in a minute 30. Well, you have 30 seconds to rest, and then you do it again starting at minute 2. Right? But then you're a little bit tired, so it takes you a little bit longer. And so, you know, now you get the workout done in a minute 40, and you only have 20 seconds to rest, and then the workout starts at minute 4. Right? And you do this again and again, and what happens is as you get tired, your recovery times get shorter and shorter until you don't have any, right? Like it just, it completes, it takes longer to complete the task and then you don't get a rest and then, then you have to do it again and then you just do this until like you're just completely spent and you can't go anymore, right? Not the best analogy, like, like don't read too far into that, but just kind of the, the best one that, that I could come up with. Uh, one pastor friend said that with preaching, uh, it is finals week every week. And so that's how, how he described it. So just all that to say, it was very good for, for us to get a rest. We had a fantastic time. Um, the, the first part was just kind of a, a transition and, and that kind of thing. And uh, Joe and I got, a, we first part, we did a cruise together. And lots I could say, but I would just simply say that we have never slept so much in all our life. Um, we would honestly get a full night's sleep and then take one, maybe two naps every single day. Uh, and it was awesome. And so uh, we did that for part of it. We did some family time together in, in the Black Hills, and uh, it was just really great. And uh, Mark Danielson has been kind of a bit of a mentor and, and guide throughout this. Um, I mean, he's been very busy, though, too. One of the things that we did uh, during our time, we visited a couple different churches. That was uh, really fun for us. We were in Miami. We literally had nine hours to kill, and so what are we going to do? And you guys have all walked through the rebranding process, so you will take note of this. But we're in the Miami airport, and we're like, okay, what church do we go to? And here's the process we went through. We went on Google. 
We, f- we look for a place that did not have a weird name. That was criteria one. Sounds weird, sounds weird. Nah, that looks normal. We looked at the pictures. We read the Google reviews. And then we thought, we think we can do that. And we, you know, hired an Uber and went to this church. And I don't even know what part of Miami we were. Had a great time. Like when they found out that we were a pastoral couple, they hooked us up with some lady that had been there for decades, and she gave us the behind-the-scenes tour, and, you know, it's like, you know, took us into this small little room with all the snacks for the worship team, and was like, would you like a snack? Would you like a whatever? That introduced us to all kinds of people. So anyway, so that was one of them. Had a great time. Uh, We were in Denver for a pastor's conference. Craig and Christine were part of that. Dean and Loretta. um, Just, yeah, it was great there. Worshiped with them. Went to some workshops great weekend. And then last Sunday, uh, Rick and Alyssa Bartek, our, our dear friends, you know, he's pastor over at Stockham, and so we went there just to cheer him on, uh, and that was, that was fun for us. So it was, it was a good time. One thing that, that was, that was kind of, I don't know, fun for us, that we had never seen or experienced, right? So Wednesday night, our, our Wednesday night program that we do here, right? We typically arrive early and turn on the lights and get things set up and teach a lesson and interact with people and then turn off the lights and go home, right? And that's great and that's wonderful. We had never driven up to the church as things are starting. It's a relatively dark street. Things are all lit up here at the church. There's a line of cars like going in and out of the park. You know, and there's kind of this buzz or this energy. We had never seen that. We had never witnessed that. And that was fun to see and, and to witness. We had just, I don't know, we had just never seen that, that side of it. And so that, that, was, that was encouraging. Um, the sabbatical was a rest sabbatical. It wasn't like an education sabbatical or vision casting sabbatical. It was a rest sabbatical. So, you know, coming back, no, no big changes, no drastic alterations. Um, other than just a renewed energy to, to get back into it and, and to get after it. And um, just a lot of projects that, that I know I feel like I have energy for now that have been, um, you know, kind of lingering in the, in the back of my mind. So, um, and also a, a big thank you to Rick Eshbaugh and Mark Danielson for covering the, the pulpit while we were gone. Uh, those are fantastic men, deeply grateful for them. Um, just to know that, that the church was in good hands while we were gone is just very... Uh, comforting, and so that was that was great. And and thanks to you guys for for encouraging us to do that, and leadership team as well. Um, one of the places where where I feel like I have a, uh, just some renewed energy is around preaching, um, and I'm very excited for upcoming sermon series, and want to unpack that a, a little bit. For the next three or four weeks, we're going to do a sermon series called "Male and Female He Created Them," which is a direct quote out of Genesis one twenty seven. Um, And then after that, we're going to do a sermon series on the book of Luke. And we're just going to be in Luke until the the end of the year. Uh, Luke is the longest of the four Gospels. It's, I think it's like 25% of the New Testament. Um, Each of the Gospels was written to a different audience and kind of a different emphasis. And so we're going to be looking at Luke probably in March, uh, right up until end of December. We'll break it up into kind of sub-series, and, you know, we'll still have kind of, you know, a thematic sermon here or a seasonal sermon here, that kind of thing. So we'll we'll break it up into smaller bite-sized chunks, but the plan is to go through Luke. Luke is another one of those books that you could easily do for like 
two, three, four years. Um, so again, this will be kind of a, a quicker pace, but we're going we're gonna to be in Luke um, until uh, December. Um, for the rest of the morning, though, want to lay out a few foundations on, on this upcoming sermon series, Male and Female, He Created Them, to just help understand why we're doing this and, and realistically kind of what you can, you can hope um, to get out of this. And, um, and first, just let me explain why I think we, we need to talk about this and why this is so, so relevant. Our society, our, our culture, really our entire world, is absolutely neck deep in a debate about what makes a person male or female, right? Like what makes them masculine or, or feminine. Um, and honestly, the kind of the, I don't know how you want to label it, the, the conservative viewpoint or the biblical viewpoint or even the science viewpoint um, is losing, okay? Um, people are being given the right to, to define themselves as just kind of whatever gender they want, whenever they want. Um, there is strong push to, to get this taught uh, in schools. Um, it's in media. It's being protected by laws, right? I mean, we, we know that... You know, from Scripture, we know that our world is just, just continually in just, I don't know, kind of this cauldron of just sin and suffering, right? Like, it's just, earth can just be a hard place. Like, life can just be a hard place. And we suffer, and then sometimes we sin, and then sometimes we suffer because of someone else's sin. And, by, and it's just kind of this, this tangled web of just kind of sin and suffering, but that sin and suffering is affecting our understanding of male and female and our expression of male and female. Here's an extreme example, okay? Um, a friend of ours, co-worker, associate, someone that I used to work with, someone that, that, we, that we care about, um, and, and all of this is, it, he shared online, so none of this is private, um, but he shared how when he was young, he was sexually abused by his father, uh, starting at, very, at, at a young age. So as an adult, when he's finally able to talk about this, he talks about this. He shares it with the police. Um, his father is now in prison. He goes and gets counseling. Coming out of that, he fully embraces um, transgender, transgender lifestyle, including surgery. Um, and so now, um, him and his wife and his girlfriend, as kind of this collective of three moms, are raising their two sons. And you, and in all of that, there's, you know, there's this deep belief that, that what they're doing is out of love and compassion, you know, for their family and that kind of thing. But at, at the same time, I see a story where generations are impacting future generations. And I, and I see a story where suffering happened, and then sin and suffering kind of responded to that, and then sin and suffering responded to that, and then, you know, and you just see how it can just kind of carry on for so long. Admittedly, maybe kind of an extreme uh, story, uh, but, I mean, many of us have stories that are more common to us, right? Like, I mean, how many people, either personally or they know someone, grew up in an environment where dad was just difficult, or mom was just difficult, but the result of that was kind of almost this resentment that I don't want to be like dad, or I don't want to be like mom, and, and tied in with this, there's almost kind of this bitterness that's almost against 
perhaps what we what we kind of are you know masculine characteristics or feminine characteristics right and i mean and you know how how many single moms are also trying to figure out how to also fill in that role of dad and how many single dads are also trying to 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 fill in that role of of mom and and it's tough and i'm not even sure you you can't but but there's that need and so they try and it and i mean it's all well intentioned but it's just you know you you just kind of see how life is hard um our society is broken uh hurting confused uh and argumentative very argumentative on the topic of what is male what is female what is masculine what is feminine what is godly masculinity what is godly femininity right are those static set terms um, that are immovable, or, or are they fluid, right? And, and what happens if I feel like I have been hurt by masculine characteristics? Or what do I do if I feel like I've been hurt by feminine characteristics? And how does that bitterness then, like how do I not take that and, and transfer that bitterness on to the next generation, right? Where my hurt now becomes their bias, There, uh, one, I don't even remember where I heard this, but someone made the comment that really our society is now at a place where, as pastors, we need to address the topic of human sexuality like yearly. Like that not, now needs to be a yearly, scheduled, routine, sermon topic, series that we cover on a yearly basis um, throughout, throughout all of this. So... Um, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to unpack this kind of over the, the next couple weeks. Um, I would also say this, because, I mean, even here at, at our church, like, we need help on this, this conversation. Um, I first became kind of aware of our need to, to study this. This was several years ago, um, small group, um, and the topic, or the, the question was raised, I think it was, it was something around, like, um, what is godly femininity, or, or what, what does that look like? And I, maybe we brought in godly masculinity as, as well too later on, but the conversation was just kind of placed before the group. Something about like godly femininity, like how has God made women distinct or unique? Like what does it look like to be a godly woman? And no one said anything. Like like no one said anything. And I thought, oh, either we don't know how to talk about this, or we are too scared to talk about this and that was the first time where i realized okay even for us as a church community like someday like we're going to need to to go after this to to have this this conversation so we're going to spend about um three to four uh weeks on this uh like i said it's something that's been brewing on my my heart here for uh, a couple years now um, we're going to be looking at scripture. I had planned to go after Genesis uh, 2 and 3 today, but we're not j- just because of time. Um, but we're going to be looking at scripture. Um, and also a couple books that, um, that I have encountered that have been incredibly helpful. And um, if you enjoy books, I would encourage you to read them. One is Them Before Us, and the other one is His Brain, Her Brain. Them Before Us, fantastic book. Um, kind of the subtitle is Why We Need a Global Children's Rights Movement. Um, this gal is a Christian. She's a, a pastor's wife. 
But it's interesting because she does not argue this from a biblical perspective because the world would automatically reject those arguments. So the whole book is based on um, scientific research and personal story that, that they've collected. And, I mean, they've got kind of like this whole nonprofit that they've formed. They were actually asked to submit articles and, and information to the Supreme Court a few years ago on some, some stuff that they were studying. But the, the research has shown that kids need three things to, thr- to, sur- to thrive. Bio mom, biological mom, biological dad, and stability, right? And when one of those is removed, it's just, it's just a little bit hard. Because kids, I mean all of us, but as children, there's just this ingrained desire to know, am I loved by my biological dad? Am I loved by my biological mom? And is that expressed in a, in a stable environment? And then she, she goes on in, in the rest of the book. It's interesting because this then creates problems for um, situations of divorce, situations of same-sex parenting, and then also like donor conception or surrogacy where someone donates like an egg or a sperm or, or that kind of thing. Just because children will always have that desire, does, does biological mom love me? Does biological dad love me in a stable environment? And then she shares stories, right? And they're just, they're tough. Like, I remember one of the stories was um, a child who didn't know who dad was would wave at every airplane that flew overhead because maybe dad was on that plane, right? And so those stories are just spread, you know, all throughout the book as, as well, too. So, um, but within the framework of that book, she talks about how men and women are different, how they, they parent different, um, and children thrive under that difference. Mom and dad are drastically, drastically different people, and they parent in, in completely different ways. She says to simply refer to it as parenting is misleading, like really it should be fathering and mothering. It is, like mom and dad will even read bedtime stories differently. Um, so anyways, just all kinds of the great stuff on that. Uh, his brain, her brain, again, Christian couple. He's a medical doctor, and the book is basically, they just cite hundreds of scientific studies um, on how men, on a man's brain and a woman's brain, um, are built different, all of it before the child is, is even born. Which is fascinating, because I, I think we sort of assume that, that the human brain is sort of born neutral, uh, and it's not. Um, not at all. Um, the female brain and the male brain are different in how they're built. They have different sensitivities to different hormones. Uh, they are exposed to different levels of hormones. The connectivity structure is differently be- between the two of them. Um, there, there are, you know, comparable sections that are larger or smaller um, on, on that stuff. And most, perhaps all of this is all different before birth. Um, let me just kind of two, two teasers on this. So here's a superpower that women have, Okay. Studies have shown that the average woman, average, can track six conversations at once. Six, right? The man is good for one if he is fully caffeinated, okay? The average woman can track six. But yet, how brilliant is that in God's design? Because mom can literally be talking to the husband texting her friend, some of you have seen this, tracking like four kids that are going, mom, 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 mom. And she will still catch the youngest one go, I'm Superman, I'll be on the roof. Right? Like, 
she can just monitor all of that at the same time. Here's, here's something that, that the male brain is better at. This was fascinating. A man's brain can, or a man can experience some kind of like crisis or catastrophe or tragedy or emergency, and his brain can literally take the emotions and the processing of that event and put them on a shelf, deal with the situation or the chaos or whatever it is, and then come back later on and process the emotions and the feelings of that event. What a gift to any man who serves in police or EMS or is an ER doctor, right? Or serves in the military, right? Like what a gift to men who serve in those roles. Now the danger is, is that if they don't go back to that shelf and process that, then it accumulates and then they have problems later on in life and whatever, right? So that. And the differences go beyond the brain, right? Like a man's body is literally built and even tweaked for just hard physical labor, like, like, the man's body is tweaked. Like, I mean, his heart, his lungs, his muscle, um, his bones, even his skin composition. Like, all of it is designed for a man to just take a beating all day long, get a good night's rest, and do it again tomorrow. Like, he is just built for that kind of abuse. Um, a woman's body, same thing, is literally built, created to nurture and sustain life. I mean, even, like... Her heart, her lungs, muscles, bones, body shape, skin composition, create, nurture, sustain life. And it's amazing because God gives us clues and indicators and even examples all throughout Scripture that align with what we find in science. So the first place we're going to start is actually Genesis. Because once you understand Genesis, and we have a couple foundations laid out in Genesis, as we unpack these studies, you're going to see strings of connectivity going right back to Genesis 2 and 3. You're going to be like, oh, that makes sense, because we read that in Genesis. Right? Like, all, all over the place. So what, what's the goal, or, or what's the, the hope in, in all of this? And, and want to be clear about that as well, too. Um, there are a lot of, you know, great books on, you know, godly masculinity or, or godly femininity. We're actually not going to, to reference those. Those are kind of more character de- development books. What we're going to be talking about is how has God created man and wim- uh, men and women unique and different and complementary, okay? Number one goal out of this for you is worship. Worship. As you see the beauty and the detail and the creativity and the design and the thoughtfulness and the wisdom of God's created order in making you a man or in making you a woman, my first hope is that you will worship. Right? That as you grow in your understanding of just God and his creation, that you respond with praise. That's goal number one. Goal number two is that as you grow in your understanding, that you, be, that you live in freedom of how God made you. We are not trying to put anyone in a box, right? We're not going to be saying, you can't do this because male, female. Quite the opposite, we want to be able to say, your design has uniquely empowered you to do some stuff that's pretty amazing. Right? And so the second goal is, is that you live in freedom. Without shame, without guilt, without confusion, 
without apology or, or burden, but just in joy and freedom that you live out that how you were created to be. And connected, though, is that, that you would celebrate one another as you do so, right? Especially in the marriage context. A lot of, you know, many of you are married. You're going to see this expressed in the marriage content, context. Gentlemen, cheer on the feminine nature of your wives. Wives, cheer on the masculine nature of your husbands. Third goal is to equip you to have conversations in the public sphere on just the wonder and the beauty and the fantastic differences between men and women based on scripture or based on science, right? The, the debate in society has moved so far, like, like we cannot come to this conversation with anything less. I think we can say, hey, we're, conversa- you know, we're Christians, we believe in scripture, this is what scripture says, so we stand by that. I think we can honestly say that. But also to be able to say, this is what we see in science, and we stand by that. And so that's the, that's the third goal, is, is to be able for you to have intelligent conversations in the public sphere about male and female, right? So um, we're going to be covering scripture. We're going to be covering some biology and chemistry, um, very research-heavy. It's going to be awesome. Um, but the, the first goal is worship. Secondly, to be able to live in freedom. And then thirdly, engage in intelligent conversation. Last thing. We need to cover this. Last thing is just a few disclaimers, right? Because at some point, we're going to be talking about this, and it's going to be like, oh, here are ten characteristics of men, or here are ten characteristics of women. And eventually, you're going to look at that, and you're going to be like, yeah, but never, number seven, I know someone who's not like that, Right? Or you're going to look at that list and you're like, I'm good for like 8 out of 10, maybe 6 out of 10, but not the others. Is something wrong with me? Right? Like eventually that, that's going to come up. Like, like what do you do if you or someone you else doesn't match like the whole list? You know, you're not quite lining up with all of them. Is there something wrong with me? And the shorter answer is, um, I don't know. Okay? Um, <laughs> It might be, no, it might be you're perfectly fine, right? Like God has designed you for the good deeds that he prepared before time for you to do. And so it could be that you're totally fine and that's not an issue and don't worry about it. Or, yeah, maybe some parts of your life need a course correction, right? I mean, we, we live in, in a broken, fallen world. That's, that's very possible. It's, I, we, we can't really answer that without a detailed conversation. So whether or not... Do you want to do that, you know, with someone? I'm not sure. But um, just an acknowledgement that that will happen, right? No one's going to line up with whatever, all the characteristics. So, um, yeah. The other thing, too, just is that, you know, a lot of these male-female differences are going to find expression in a marriage relationship. If you are married, do all that you can to breathe life into the masculinity or in the femininity of your spouse. Because that's probably actually where we see the most um, wounding or the most trying to hold someone back. Um, Parts of this will frustrate you deeply, right? You'll be like, yes, I know. I see that all the time in my wife. Bugs the bejeebers out of me, right? Like, so, so for some of you, this part of this will be frustrating as well, too. But how do you breathe life, though, in, into, that, into that masculinity and the femininity of your spouse and say how awesome that God created you 
to track six conversations. How awesome that you are literally able to just take the emotion of the immediate chaos and deal with that later and, you know, and, and come back to that, that later on. Um, next week, we're going to get in Genesis 2 and 3. Um, we're not going to do it this morning, just, just kind of for time. Uh, here's, here's some homework for you, though. One, uh, review Genesis 2 and 3, just so you're familiar with it. That would be one part of it. Um, secondly, if you're, you know, if it's a safe space with family or friends, like, what have you observed on the differences between male and female, right? Maybe wrong, maybe not wrong, I'm not sure, but just kind of have a fun conversation, and then we'll, we'll look at that later on. If you are very brave, and if it's very safe, you can even say, what professions are unusually blessed by the male characteristics or the female char- characteristics in that? We're not saying men or women can't do them, but just like what professions are served exceptionally well by some of those, you know, male characteristics or or female characteristics. So um, it's going to be a great time. Looking forward to this. And uh, like I said, we're going to get into Scripture pretty heavy next week. So let's pray, and then we'll carry on. Heavenly Father, I thank you for... Um, not, not thank you. Lord, we worship you this morning just in your intelligent design. God, the fact that you took your character and poured that out into male and female and that you created us uniquely with wonder um, and brilliance and that there's a, a complementary fit in that, and that both of us reveal a part of who you are. Um, Lord, we marvel at your creation uh, and how it reflects so well on just you as a beautiful, all-knowing, all-wise, caring, loving God. And Lord, as we uh, seek to learn more about that, For all of us here, Lord, I pray that this would result in worship of who you are. I pray that that we would live in freedom of how you created us. And that we would really enable and encourage others to live in that freedom, Lord. And that we would also be able to engage in informed, intelligent conversation with those around us. We worship you and we love you. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.